Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today, I'm really excited to bring you a talk with one of the best in the scene with one of the most unique sounds, Bless One. One of the true trendsetters in the Northwest and even globally, I hear his music even here in Japan, Bless One is one of a kind. He's not afraid to speak his mind and say what he thinks needs to be said, and I always learn something when I talk with him. Whether it's something about mentality, history, or whatever, it's always great catching up with him. We talk about his history, his DIY spirit with everything he does, making music, and so much more. There's a lot to take in here, so I really hope you enjoy it. Also, excuse some of the technical issues. I had just gotten a new mic and I didn't really know how to use it yet, so lesson learned. Anyway, enjoy! Okay, we're here with my good friend DJ Bless One. We love DJs. I'm called Cali Mash Hall. Don't talk to cops! How you uh, doing? Yeah, this guy, I've known him for a long time. Uh, he's one of my favorite DJs. Yeah, really happy to have you yeah, here. Happy to chat, get to know you better. Everyone watching, listening, get to know you better. Um, yeah, maybe let's. I, I I always wanted to ask you about like because you, you grew up in Portland, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, what was it like, just kind of like growing up in Portland, and is that where you discovered DJing or anything like that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Portland was fantastic. Portland's probably like the most important part to um, to anything that I've done because it kind of shaped like my character and everything. Oh yeah. Um, uh, in the sense that um, I was influenced and inspired by a lot of things, but Portland kind of like shaped me to be the person that I am and, and, and have kind of like the viewpoints that I have and the aesthetics that I have. Portland's a very like blue collar city. It's a very tough city, but the flip side of it is that it's also a very open-minded, artistic, progressive, empathetic, hmm. hippie city. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of ex-hippies. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of the ex-hippies that, that left <clears throat> San Francisco after the 60s came up to Oregon and... Um, so there's a lot of the value of, of like community and taking care of each other and thinking about each other and trying to do what's right. Nice. Uh, but it's also a tough blue collar city. It's a drinking city and a smoking city and it's a brawling city. And so you, it's, you kind of get the best of both worlds. It, it gives you good balance to become a man. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, and yeah, like you're, um, I don't know. Yeah, like personality is uh, unique. I would say. Yeah, you're always like one of the, the most, number one, most interesting number guys. Number one stranger in the scene. Yeah, one of the most interesting yeah. guys in the best possible way uh, that I've met, like through through breaking and all this stuff through hip hop. 
Um, Thank you. Yeah, like, so you, you're part of like several, several of these like little groups and stuff. Uh, maybe you can speak a little bit about about them. Maybe you can start with Mashal because I was always kind of interested about that. Like, where does that come from? What does it represent? What is it? Yeah, Ma well, well, Mashal is the first. Yeah, Mashal is the first yeah. thing. Um, I mean, I've 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 been around other people. I did a lot of stuff with. Um, um, I did a lot of stuff with uh, Old Dominion. Uh, it's kind of like a underground hip hop guys from Portland and Seattle uh, groups like Oracle's Creed, Frontline, uh, Gray Skull, you know, stuff like that. Underground hip hop guys will know what that is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but that was those are kind of like guys that I grew grew up around and kinds of that, guys that I did stuff with. But it was never really like my own thing. It was always a thing that I kind of like contributed to. Um, Mashall was a group that I started with my cousin Ronnie Voice in when we right when we got out of high school mm -hmm. and our whole dream was we were going to do everything like we were going to make music start a record label print everything up ourselves distribute it ourselves get it on the radio ourselves we're basically like diy nice, nice. record label we wanted to do it we basically looked at the industry like you either get in you know through the pearly gates or you got to do everything yourself and we just felt we were way too underground to get into music at that point so we just decided when we were 18 we were just going to do it all ourselves mm. and um, we started that group and me and my cousin have basically been best friends and been together forever and uh, we just kept it going we moved down to california together and that's where we really started the group um and we started doing tours you know thanks to uh you know, guys out like uh, Dumper Foo from Blunt Club in Arizona. Thanks to a lot of guys out in Arizona. Thanks to the guys in like California, uh, Polsky. These are guys who gave Mash all their first shows. Oh, okay. And so we started touring. We started performing. Me and my cousin were rapping. I was producing the beats. They were very like breakbeat heavy. So being the fact that I break, that I b-boyed, uh, I wanted hip hop had slowed down in the mid 90s. So by the late 90s, I wanted to make some like more up-tempo hip-hop for like b-boying again. Um, so that's what our focus was. And we, uh, and because of that, we started making t-shirts and we came up with, I came up with a logo and the t-shirts, we started selling a lot of the t-shirts and the t-shirts kind of almost surpassed <laughs> us making music. <laughs> so then we focused on that, we focused on that for a while. Right. Um, and that's the shirt with the with the bat guy, if you guys know the bat guy. Yeah. yeah. That Do you have that that. I remember I came to your place and you showed me the original national bat. Yeah, because me what happened was me and my cousin used to um give CDs back and forth to each other when we were working on music. Like, hey, here's a beat. And he's like, Oh, here's what I recorded, here's what I wrote. And I always used to draw like this little bat in the shape of an M because of Mash Hall. Yeah. And the bat would always have a thought bubble next to it. And it would always be saying like fucked up stuff to him. Like, like, fuck you, you're, you suck. Take your shit back, it's whack. And uh, one day I just drew it and it just kind of looked cool. And I took a picture of it. And then, then I scanned the picture and then I like cut it out. And then I just put it on a t-shirt. Nice. And um, for some reason people liked it. it. Just It stuck ever since. You know? nice. 
yeah. it wasn't like formulated it it just was a thing that i was like oh that, i think that looks cool yeah. and then a lot of other people were like hey that looks cool and we're like can i get that on a shirt and i was like yeah that's probably so why it basically works. yeah and i would and i would print them just for people who wanted them and if you if i was wearing it and you asked me for it i'd give you the shirt off my back i would just give it to you <laughs> and we just, we just did yeah we just did that for like five years yeah yeah everywhere we went yeah nice um yeah you were talking about like the diy kind of spirit i don't know like you can correct me that's a very portland thing too like yeah diy yeah. diy punk do it yourself skateboard do it yourself i got really influenced by the skateboarding culture and the graffiti culture not just the hip-hop culture but that yeah. too and the punk culture and there was a ton of diy effort in those things as well as a ton of diy effort in hip-hop so i kind of saw all those things at the same time as being the same thing like if you want to do it you got to do it and uh, just do it yeah my, my dad used to say uh my dad used to tell me you know, if there's something that you want to do that's not out there, then you're probably the guy who has to create it. So just took that approach. Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, and like, you kind of see it in in everything you do. Like you're always uh, like getting things going and making things, making things happen and trying new things. And like, that's one of the things that I always respected about you is you like, you, you're always trying to do new things and do things different and and yeah like well the the number one thing is like uh, you can't be afraid to fail like yeah. you have to you have to go into it with the understanding that like there's there's a better chance you're gonna fail than you're gonna actually achieve what you're trying to do but you'll never know unless you roll the dice so yeah. you just there's a saying that's just like fuck it load up see what happens and that's just kind of like what we do was that was that abraham lincoln that said that i can't remember uh i believe abraham lincoln said it to john wilkes booth and uh, instantly regretted it <laughs> he, meant, he meant it metaphorically and we all saw how that turned out john wilkes yeah booth. you know but he tried right you fail more than you succeed um uh you do and the the failure is the best part because yeah. the fail the failure is like what makes you hungry even when your stomach is full yeah, yeah, yeah because you feel that failure and you say if i die tomorrow this is not where i'm leaving off i'm not i'm not this is not the last thing i i, I say or the last thing i do um i've always had that problem where like, if I fail at something, I say, that's not what I want to be remembered for. I got a quickly, I quickly have to redeem myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. if I die, they're going to say, well, I mean, everybody wants to be Michael Jordan, but they don't want to be Michael Jordan on the Wizards. They just want to be Michael Jordan on the Bulls. Yeah. And that's why, because the last thing they remember you for is, <laughs> see, the last thing you did well, the last thing you did terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. true. All the uh, stuff in the middle, nobody notices. Yeah, very true, very true. But if you swing big, you're going to miss big. So when you take big chances, generally you're, you fail miserably. And it's, uh, it's hard. It's, it's heavy. Yeah. Um, but you got to do it. Yeah, but it's like that kind of feeling of like, uh, 
you know, you have a choice once you, once you fail or or something like bad happens or whatever, you can, you can be like, <clears throat> uh, like that felt really bad and I don't want to feel that again. So I'm just never going to try it again. Or you're like, that felt really bad. I don't ever want to do that again. I'm going to take steps towards like making it better so that that never happens. Like you're learning from well, your that, kind of thing. There's two ways to, to deal with that kind of trauma. I, I learned this early on when I was a kid. Um, I grew up in a time where you got beat up all the time, just for like walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, the early West Coast gang stuff was like, you know, in the 90s, it was, it was very serious. And a, a lot of it looks like romance, but it's true. You would walk home from school or walk to the corner store or walk to your friend's house. And just about every day, somebody beat you up or chased you mm-hmm. or threw something at you. And worst case scenario, you might have gotten shot at. So when I was young, I got beat up all the time. I was, uh, I was small. I wasn't strong. I, I was just, I was on the wrong end of everything. Mm. And, uh, but I realized that there's two ways to deal with it. I either get scared to go out and never go out, mm-hmm. or I just learn how to fight and just start standing up for myself. And, and I just figured, you know, if I'm going to get beat up anyway, if I hit them back, they might, the fight might not last as long. Because if you just get beat up, you just get beat up. But if I'm throwing punches, they might get tired of catching one or two punches in the middle of my ass beating. Mm-hmm. That eventually they might give up and then eventually say, you know, don't even jump that guy because he's going to fight back. And yeah. that's kind of what I mean is that when you deal with like a big failure, you either let it make you scared to never do it again. Mm-hmm. Or you just say, there's a different way that I'm supposed to be approaching this. If I want to do it, I got to figure out the other way. Yeah. Do it yourself, right? <laughs> well, yeah, DIY. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, it's like if I, I if I want to hang out and walk the streets, yeah, if yeah. I want to be able to go go to a girl's house or take the bus to the mall. Mm-hmm. I got to learn how to stand up for myself, or I'm never going to be able to do that without you know getting beat up. And that yeah. was like a reality. So, but that's what I mean about things like Portland shaping me, because that helped shape the way that I deal with failures and. Uh, you know, hitting a brick wall and feeling like I can't do something. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I just figure like, well, there's, it's not that I can't do it. It's just that I can't do it this way. There's got to be another way to do it. So I just figured out. Yeah. 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 Um, crazy. Good words, wise words. Um, that kind of maybe leads us into our, the next thing that I want to talk about. You know, you, you used to get, and beat up and beat up and all this stuff and you decided like yeah decided like i gotta do it look at this nose <laughs> like uh, i gotta stand up for myself uh you know stand up for yourself don't talk to the cops <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe you can speak a little bit about um, where that comes from well, don't talk to the cops was so it's it's kind of like the tail end of like what Mash Hall started. So, you know, originally Mash Hall started, it was it was me and my cousin and, and we were making music and then that turned into making music and shirts. Um and just just random different, you know, clothing, whatever. And um 
But then my cousin, he went back to LA and I went up to Seattle or he stayed in LA and I, I went to Seattle. He came up to Seattle for a little while, but then he went back to LA um, and he just had things that he wanted to do in his life. And so I kind of carried on by myself for a little bit. In the process, when we were in Seattle, when me and Ronnie were in Seattle, we met a, a guy named Larry Mizell Jr. He's the son of um, uh, Larry Mizell Sr. and the, the nephew of Fonce Mizell, who were the Mizell brothers, um, famous songwriters, producers, people like everywhere from Motown all the way up to like Roy Harris. You know, like his uncle wrote, I want you back or helped write, I want you back. And, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's like a legacy of music. So we, he really liked what Mash Hall was, but we also bonded on just music. We were into the same music because of his legacy. And, and his legacy was all the stuff that I grew up listening to. So we became really close. And when my cousin wasn't around, we kind of picked up, we started a new group called, uh, they live based off of, you know, the movie, the John Carpenter movie, they live, you know, vote, obey, all that stuff. So, but then there was a, a horror punk band from Minnesota that already had that name. And when we released our first album, they, their, their dad was a lawyer and he sent us a cease and desist letter yeah. and told us that we couldn't use the name. And they were like weird, radical, like racist dudes. It was like, it was fucked up. So we were like, all right, fuck these dudes. But also at the same time too, like, I don't want to be connected to any seeds they might've already sown with their weird fucking, you know, they were super militia guys. So mm -hmm. it was just weird. It was just weird. So I talked to my cousin and, and he said it was cool if we went back to Mash Hall. As far as like, we didn't want to come up with a new name and start all over. So we're like, can we just go back to something that already feels comfortable? Yeah. And so we released, our first album and a week later we changed the name of the group it was almost devastating but that album the first uh mash hall uh album with larry was called they lost soul and the reason why it was called they lost soul was because we were called they live and we were heavily influenced by they lost soul and then when we were mash hall and it was called they lost soul it damn near didn't make any sense <laughs> but uh but we kept going yeah um and then we toured and then we toured with that after we toured with that um we did a bunch of stuff it was really cool um in the process i met um mx who is now my my leading lady in life uh my wife and i met mx and we started hanging out together and we started making music for fun mm -hmm. um and we wanted to do we just wanted to put out music and people liked it. The first song, I think you guys will remember the first song was, um, it was called cold nuts yeah. and it was a song that we recorded. It, we recorded it in like 10 minutes because it snowed for like three days on the hill. Yeah. Everything was covered in, um, everything was covered in ice and we went to the store and I just started singing about how my nuts were cold. And so we made the song. I know it's stupid. We made the song, we put it up online. And then that, that night, because everybody else was stranded indoors, basically from where you guys were in Canada, all the way down through Oregon, like 500 people listened to it in like an hour and yeah. just started messaging us like, like yeah, I'm, I'm cold too. Even Rory was one of those, Rory was one of those guys who messaged me. 
It's like, I'm listening to this right now. Like, um, and so we were like, well, fuck it, let's just make some more. And so we made some more music and we got offered like a 10 minute show. We did the show and like 30 people showed up. And then that was the beginning of everything. It, it went from there. Nice. It, it, it turned into, it turned into four albums, five yeah. years of touring and doing just about every show that we could possibly do in the Northwest and including and outside of the show. So it was, it was really dope. It was really dope. Is it, is it still going or like on hiatus? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, it's not that it's so it could be on hiatus. It's it, I'm, I'm a firm believer that like if Axel Rose leaves, not Axel Rose, but I'm a firm believer that if Slash leaves Guns N' Roses, it's not Guns N' Roses anymore. Right. It's Guns N' Roses right. minus Slash, right? right. Like right. When, when Ice Cube leaves NWA, it's not NWA anymore. Right. It's, it's Dre, Ren, and Easy, Yella. It's not the same. And uh, I never wanted to have uh, a mismatched group. And basically what happened is over time, um, me and me and MX had to like do some family stuff. We eventually had a baby. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Larry Mizell Jr. He had to uh, move and do some stuff with his work. He's a writer and a radio guy, mm -hmm. and um, it was just kind of like if we can't all be in the same room at the same time doing this, yeah, we yeah, just didn't want to do it because that band was all about friendship and having fun. Yeah, yeah. and so and so. Um, I think MX and I will probably make some more music, but we won't call it Don't Talk to the Cops if, if, if everybody's not there. Because I just feel like it's, it's a disservice. Yeah, yeah that and, makes um, sense. But it's also okay to just like let things have their moment in time and just, and just leave them there. You don't have to take everything with you all the time. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Mash Hall might not come back either. Yeah. But its moment in time was special to me. Don't Talk to the Cops moment in time was special to me. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, think I don't need. I don't. I don't need to drag it out. That's a really good like life lesson. I think for everyone is like you know, just to appreciate it while it's there, and then once it's gone, like if it's really gone, then it's gone or whatever. Like it doesn't come back. At least you had that time. Uh, I just watched the. I just watched the uh, last. Uh, the last dance documentary for Michael Jordan, okay. and at the end, Phil Jackson's like having them all write down what the, that team meant to them and then burning it because they're, they're laying it to rest. And they're basically saying, this isn't going to happen anymore. It's over. So we don't, so we don't sit there and carry it around forever. It's just, let's end it, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, it's, it's okay because uh, you're also not the same. You're also not the same person all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we made don't talk to the cops, we definitely had a, a lot of opinions and a lot of things to say to a lot of people and it wasn't so much political as it was telling everybody to stop taking themselves so seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. to just chill the fuck out you know yeah. what i mean like you can have fun you can dance you can be serious you can race hell you can do all this stuff but it doesn't always have to be on such a like a dark tone like yeah. you know what i mean you can you can you can still kick ass and then go up and dance and sing and still kick ass like you don't have to be one-dimensional is what i mean mm. it doesn't take anything away yeah you, it, it, 
I'll, I'll roll, I'll, I'll unroll that whole thing. So I'll just stop there. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's perfect. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then, uh, so you're, that was a part of your life at that moment in time. And, uh, now you kind of do, well, I guess with the whole virus thing, you can't exactly do much like DJing out, out in like clubs and shows or whatever, or battles or what have you. Right. Well, well, the, the, the main thing was we, at this point I was, I was still DJing for like battles and events in the B-Boy community, but I, I wasn't doing any, uh, anything else as far as clubs. Um, mm -hmm. MX and I were throwing um, our own club night uh, called Real Love 90s Jams in Seattle. It was a 90s night on Tuesday. Yeah. And we threw that for seven years. And the only thing that stopped it was the pandemic. So um, we figured that's the universe's way of saying like, all right, you know, if, if it's meant to be, it, it would come back in some form or another, but I don't think it's going to like, I think it's just time to move on. Mm. Um, it's, it was weird that I got to DJ for almost a decade playing music and basically reliving an entire decade that I already DJed in the first time. So like I got to do the nineties tw twice yeah, yeah. and that was, that was so much fun. Uh, but you know, you don't, you don't want to overdo anything because, uh, you, you want to be humble and grateful about everything that's been given to you. So I felt like we don't need to beat it in the ground. We've already been super, super, super fortunate and blessed to have what we had. So we just took it and we're just, we're ready to do the next thing. Yeah. Right on. Um, and you're you're also part of Knuckleheads, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe can you touch on like how that all came about, or the why why that feels right to to be with those guys or whatever? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I I have no idea like how it came about. Um, I just know almost all those guys. I've just known almost all those guys for a long time for all separate reasons. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I've known, I've known Thea since he was 11. I've known fucking forever. Um, I knew Adverse since he was like in high school. I met him when I was doing like these car show tours. I used to throw B-Boy battles on these car show tours that I used to host. Mm -hmm. I met him when he was like in high school like at Ground Syndrome, Chicago, like his old crew. Um, just all these guys, Mike the Cure, Millhouse, these are all guys like I met a long time ago. Flexum, I've probably the guy that I've known in the scene for the longest that I still know. I've literally known him since like the mid 90s. Yeah. Um, so a lot, yeah, yeah. It, it was just kind of a thing where I was just always around them and always hanging out with them. And one day they were just kind of like, hey, you're in the crew. And I was like, I just didn't say no because it felt like, yeah, that, that it's like a real, you know, real kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like it wasn't a thing I was like seeking out and it wasn't a thing that they talked to me about. It just kind of was like, like, why are we bullshitting? Like, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, <laughs> but I love, or like, you know, a PA, like Paranoid Android, like I've known these guys separately for lots of different reasons. And I have connections with all of them through music for different various reasons. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, that, that there's certain things that I do that Theus loves. There's certain things that I do that Mike loves. There's certain things I do PA loves. Certain things I do that Adverse loves. And they don't love all the stuff that I do, but there's certain places where we connect 
Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we connect very strong in those places. Yeah, um, yeah like it just it seems like it would be a natural fit. Like you guys are all kind of different thinkers. I think I guess is a way to put it. Like, we can I can handle them too. Like they're you know every everybody is very like very strong and very blunt and very direct and. I'm definitely the same way, so I can I can dish it out and take it equally, and uh, so it's always been harmony in that sense, mm -hmm. you know. Like uh, even when things have ever gotten like louder and tense, uh, it's never seemed to like it's never shook me in a way where I'm like, oh, this is a problem. It's just like this dude's figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're just dudes figuring it out. You know what I mean? And like, uh, we all respect each other and that's a big thing. That's huge. Respect is number one. Respect is the reason. Respect is the reason above everything else. Right I've, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe next. I don't know if I ever heard this story, but like, where does the name Bless One come from? Oh, that was, um, that was very much like, uh, gosh, when I was 11, I used to hang out with an older guy named Zach in my neighborhood. Uh, he was 14, I was 11. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're in your neighborhood, you just meet everybody at places like, you know, we had like a, a, a community pool in the park and there's just places where people intersect all the time, like a, a roller skating rink. The roller skating rink is where people used to intersect back in the day all the time. We used to have concerts and stuff. Hmm. Like, have you seen the movie Straight Outta Compton? And they're having a concert in the roller skating rink. That kind of stuff used to happen all the time back in the day. Whether it was a concert or, or just parties, that's where people went to like dance and, and hang out. So it was just as simple as like he wrote graffiti and I was a little kid looking up to him and I would see him write and I would be like, let me write too. And he'd be like, no, because you don't know how you're trash. You're not going to put your name next to mine. You're going to make me look whack. And then I would just bug him every day like, well, then teach me. And finally, one day, he just started teaching me, and I started writing, and and uh, I came up with all these whack names, and 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 he was just like, "Look, if we're gonna write, you got to pick a name." And uh, this "bless" was one of the names that he wrote, and I was like, "I want to write that," because back in the day, writers used to have like multiple names. There weren't very as many writers as there were as there became later, right? Mm -hmm. So there was like writers are going around. They had like five, ten names that they were like writing but they're all the same. And, uh, and I was like, I want that one. He's like, well, you got to prove that you can write it. So he sent me home. I practiced for like a month. I came back and I was like, what about now? And he was like, okay, that's pretty fresh. Let's go. And he let me have it. Um, and nobody owns this stuff because, you know, 10 years later, I find out there's a guy in California who writes the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, Bless from AWR. And he's like a king. He's amazing. And he writes it with one S too. And I was like, <laughs> it was before the internet so you know you found out when you found out but he was way sicker than me so I was like but I didn't stick with graffiti long um, as far as like on in the streets because um, they started changing the laws out here and the first laws that they changed were they made it where um, they kept a book on you and if they would catch you they would basically if you were underage they would fine your parents a hundred thousand dollars to clean up your graffiti uh, if you're over age, you paid it, you had to pay the fine or go to jail. So, and then after that, they did the three strikes throughout law, 
which is like they deemed graffiti a federal crime. And if you got caught doing graffiti three times, you'd go to jail for life. And I just, I, I, I want, I, I, as much as I love graffiti, I was like, I don't love prison. So yeah. I just, I, I kept doing it, but not, I, I, I got out of the streets. So, you know, all the real writers that are still in the streets, I'm definitely a poser who dipped out early. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to do other things, but that was the choice I made. I'm st- I stuck with it. I'm sticking to it still. It's all yeah. good. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was that. But that's how I got the name. And um, when I started DJing when I was about 14, and I came up with a bunch of terrible DJ names, and all my friends were like, "Just, just be blessed, DJ blessed." And I was like, "But." But if I do that, then all the cops are going to know that that's me writing the graffiti and I'm going to get busted. And this is how stupid I was. Like nowadays, that would probably happen because of the internet and yeah, cameras yeah. and everything. But back then, it was a ridiculous thought. And then eventually I got over it and I was like, all right, I'll just be DJ Black. Right. Is that rule still in effect, the three strikes rule? I don't know because that was so long ago, but I think it is. I, it, if, it's, if not, it's definitely, I definitely think it still is in California. Huh. California was like one of the biggest places where dudes were getting locked up for graffiti and it's, it's, it's fucked up. It's like messed up because it's not a, it's not a violent crime, Yeah, but yeah. you're going to go to, but you're going to go to federal prison with a bunch of violent criminals. Crazy. And so it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, history. yeah. Maybe <clears throat> let's switch gears here. We'll, we'll get away from that prison <laughs> yeah, yeah we don't have to go deep in graffiti that's not even my uh, expertise i don't want to be on here telling a bunch of graffiti stories because i <laughs> no no you're yeah. all like when i was a kid and and, and it's all <laughs> so good um so yeah let's get kind of into your your djing not history but just like maybe your mentality about um it doesn't even have to be djing but just like your mentality like when i when i listen to your music like it's just so different from like all the other djs like as far as like when you come and play at events and stuff and um whatever it's just so different from all the other djs and it's not a typical sound and like you really carved out like your own kind of vibe and your sound and like yeah maybe you can speak on on that a bit yeah that's you know, it's weird every time I hear that because, um, like, I don't hear it. Yeah. Um, like, I, like, when people say, like, oh, it's so different or it's so unique, like, I don't hear it. Like, in my head, I, I think I'm doing what everybody else is doing. Um, but I know it's my version of it. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's that far off, uh, the way people <laughs> make it sound. But I think it, but it probably is. Um, because the... The rule that I follow is it's it's very simple and it's very selfish. Uh, I, I just do what I what I want to hear. So, um, following that same philosophy that my dad told me is like if you don't hear something that you like, maybe you're the one who has to create it. Mm-hmm. So, um, there were certain things that I just wanted to hear, and I had trouble finding them. So I was just like, well, let me let me try to make it. Let me take my crack at it. Yeah, yeah. and. And everything that, that, that I listen to, that I play, that I sample, there's only one rule and that's, I have to like it. 
you know? And I know that not everybody's gonna like everything and not everybody likes the same stuff. But the only way that I can be consistent with my sound and my vibe and my message and whatever I'm trying to do, and the only way I'm gonna enjoy it is I gotta pick the stuff that I like. Like I know that this song exists, I know that song exists, but if I don't like it, I'm not gonna play it. And I don't need to because there's so much music out there that you can play all the stuff that you like mm-hmm. and uh, and that's enough. But But it's not just that selfish because at the same time, I also think to myself like, I like this and this works. So it's not just like, oh, let me just be selfish and play what I want to hear. It's that like, I like this and I also dance and this makes me dance. So yeah. It works, you know, or just general, just the general energy of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like when I say different, I don't mean like you're so far out there that it's not even whatever, like, oh, I know. Yeah. I yeah. uh, just, but yeah, like you def to me, at least you definitely have this kind of like, um, just your yeah like when you hear it you're like oh that's that's blessed playing or something like that like you hear certain songs or certain like kind of feel or something like that it's like a vibe that you kind of set which is i think really good really good i think i think that one of the the most important things to me when it came to like um, musicians and, and and producers that i'm a fan of is that um to me, all my favorites are the, are the people who I consider the best ones. They all have a thumbprint, you know, mm-hmm. meaning like there's a way that they do things, whether it's a way they play or a way that they mix or they record or the energy that they put into something. There's, there's always a unique DNA and the people who stand out to me the most are the people whose thumbprints are the biggest, you know, so like, if I hear drums by DJ Quick, I know those are DJ Quick's drums because there's just a certain way they're always going to sound. I yeah. can't quantify it to you, but there's just a certain way they're always going to sound because the way he mixes them, the way he records them, the way he plays. Same with DJ Premier, you know, Pete Rock, any of these guys, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, like people have a thumbprint. And the way that is, is kind of goes back to the first thing I said, which is they're recording and mixing the sounds the way they like them the way they want to hear them and if you always follow that rule then everything you do should have that have your voice in it you know even though you're if you're telling a different story or saying different things the voice should always be the same yeah yeah. Um, and so for me there's a particular way that i enjoy sonics you know i like i like things to be uh lo-fi and distorted but also very heavy and, and very punchy. I like things to be aggressive, but also very warm. And there's a lot of things that you have to do in order to achieve that. And my goal all the time is always just to achieve those things with whatever I'm making. As long as I achieve those things, whatever I'm making, then it sounds the way that it sounds, yeah. whether, whether you like it or not. Um, if you may not like the way something I make sounds, but I do. And so, so, I, so I, I, I commit to it. Yeah. I own it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really important. <clears throat> um, yeah. Maybe this is a good, <clears throat> this is a good uh, little segue into the next thing of like, you know, when you, yeah, when you make your, 
when you're really trying to make your own sound, your own vibe, your own yeah, some print, like not everyone's gonna like it, right? And um, you know, like that's well. Well, I think it's 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 also subjective too because yeah, um, sometimes people just don't like things that they're not used to yet, and it doesn't mean that they necessarily are against it. Mm. They're just not comfortable with it yet. And sometimes you just got to give people time to get comfortable. Like I have a rule with everything that I put out is don't pay attention to what people think about this for two years. Hmm. I got to let people, I got to let people digest <clears throat> everything for at least two years before I see like whether or not people were able to get comfortable with it or not. Right. You know, and, uh, it you it, that generally when I follow that that usually works. Hmm. Yeah, it tells me the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's really true. There's always that adjustment period of when something new comes out. You're like, do I like this? You gotta, yeah, you gotta like absorb it and kind of think about it and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, you you briefly mentioned it like right right at the beginning, sort of like. And when I was talking with Nick before, um, he had mentioned like, yeah, you guys were kind of chatting about it a bit, like maybe just like, maybe just like, uh, like being like a, a stranger, a stranger in the scene or something like that. Yeah, he called me the number one stranger in the scene. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. I, that stuck with me, and and I, I held on to it. And I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I'm taking it from him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. Have you ever yeah. have you ever heard that song? You heard that song? People are strange by the doors. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. People are strange. Dude. Like anyone that you don't already know is gonna be weird to you, even if they look familiar. Once they open your mouth, if they don't say something that you immediately uh, relate to they're going to be strange to you. We don't treat everybody like, oh, you're strange and that's weird, but that's how we act. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I know that when you're doing, when you're taking chances and when you're going to push boundaries and you're going to push what people understand or accept or like about something and it's something they already love, um, that you're going to get a lot of strange reactions. You're going yeah. to get a lot of people saying, is this okay? Or are, can you, are you allowed to do that? Or should you do that? Or what effect will this have after you do this? Um, if you don't have the answer to those questions, sometimes it's easier just to curl up in a ball and say, I want to deal with this. I just want to stick with what works and stick with what I know. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that that's kind of the role that, that, that I take on a lot of times. And so because of that, uh, I'm willing to, to to take all the strange looks and the strange reactions. I'm willing to take, you know, the jabs, the abuse, the, the talk. I'll take all of it because um, everything comes at a cost, you know. Um, if you want to play it safe, uh, you can do that, but it might come at the cost of of, of complacency or boredom. If you want to push it, the cost is that you might get become an outcast for a while and you might not be understood. You might even become a pariah, you know? So I just said, 
but if that's what I want to do and that's the cost, am I willing to pay it? I'm willing to pay it um, because I plan on doing this for basically my whole life. So if I'm going to go on this ride, it's got to be interesting, you know, yeah. and maybe that part is, maybe that part is selfish, but it sounds selfish, but I do believe that the scene benefits from people trying to push it forward, even if it's a direction that they don't want to go, or even if it's a direction they ultimately decide that they don't want to go in, you still got to look, you still yeah. got to figure it out. Yeah. You still got to have the conversation. You know what I mean? And uh, I've been involved in a lot of stuff that people have said, well, like, well, why are you doing that? I'm saying, we got to see where it goes. We don't have the answers. We can't make our answers based on assumptions. If, we, if we're going to know where this goes, we got to take a look. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, everyone goes like, well, what's going on down there in the neighborhood? It's like, you don't come down to the neighborhood and talk to people and hang out. How do you know what's going on? You know what I mean? You can't make decisions from, from a desk or an office if you don't actually know what's going on. So yeah. that's the way it is. I'm, I'm a man of the people. I'm amongst the people. And I listen to everybody. I listen to what people love, what people hate, what people want to see, what people don't want to see anymore. And I take it all into consideration. And I just think to myself, like, well, so what do we do now? What do we do next? And just, it's, we just brainstorm. Just throw ideas. Just see what happens. If people love it, let's roll with it. If people don't, it's cool. Let's try something else. Yeah, but at least um, I'm willing to. I'm willing to throw all those out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm yeah, good right. shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's really important yeah, to like. Really important to like. Yeah, yeah. Know what's out there, what's possible, and if you don't, yeah, like explore it, go down that road. You never know, right? Yeah. It's a very well, like scientific way of looking at things too in a way like how do you know how to how to do this thing or get to this thing or you know reach the moon or whatever if you don't try all these possibilities and, and see the one all the ones that don't work and it comes back to that like failure thing that we were talking about too well so, so let's put it this way right so if, I, if i'm if i'm watching if i'm doing for people and they're breaking i'm watching people break and i'm watching the dance evolve and advance and become more athletic and more incredible and and quicker and more creative and people will argue this whatever but i'm saying whether whether you like everything that's happening in the b-boy scene it's advancing that's one thing we can all agree on it's advancing the way we were breaking in 1994 it's nothing like the way people are breaking now because there's just so much more in the pot than mm -hmm. there used to be you know what I mean? Yeah. We used to be able to, I used to be able to name all the breaking moves. Like, there's no fucking way I can do that now. There's so many. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, how, how is this dance going to evolve and the music doesn't? And how, how is it, how can you let the dance evolve and let the music fall behind? Um, the classics are the classics and they'll never go away. But just because you need to come up with something new doesn't mean you throw away the old stuff yeah. it just means you need to come up with something new to put in the refrigerator next to the old stuff next to the great stuff so it's like just begun never gets old to me mm -hmm. ever i could listen to that song and i get the exact same reaction every time i hear it i get excited i love it i want to break that's all i care about but how do you make a song right now 
is I can sit next to that song, mm. you know, not to replace it, but can sit next to that song. That song represents a time in the seventies, possibly throughout the eighties, certain parts of the nineties. How can you make a song that can occupy, occupy the space and time right now and still sit on the same shelf with that song? And that's the way that I always look at it. Um, when you're making new music, you're just trying to make new music to get people excited, to get people inspired, to, to represent what's happening right now. Like when I'm making new music, I'm not thinking about everything that I have seen. I'm thinking about what I'm seeing right now. I'm thinking about how people are breaking right now. And I'm like, okay, this is how people are breaking right now. What can I do that sounds like that? So that way, me and these dancers can meet in the middle and be like, hey, I see you. And they're like, hey, I hear you. And then when we have that conversation, we're able to create that together. Yeah. To me, that's where magic happens. You know what I mean? So it's like when a producer makes incredible music and an MC writes incredible rhymes and they meet each other and they both understand what each other's doing, that's when you get incredible music. It's not just because the two come together. It's because they're paying attention to each other, they're feeding off each other, and they're doing things to elevate each other. Yeah, yeah. That's how I yeah. look at everything that I try to do, is like, I see everything that you're doing. I see the way that events are going down. I see the, the, the way that they're being viewed. I see the way that people are viewing it, the outside of our culture. And that's a big part of it too. I want people outside of the culture to not get a misconception of who we are and what we react to and what we respond to because if it was up to them they would think that we're just going to be over here breaking into like edm or like or techno or something because they don't see music as like rhythm they see it more as like tempos and energy they think well since it's hype and it's fast you should break to it right because the dance is hype and it's fast yeah. but that's a misunderstanding and they're not wrong for having that misunderstanding they're wrong for having that misunderstanding but it's not wrong for them to have that misunderstanding it's our responsibility to show them no the dance is this way because the music is this way mm-hmm. and the music is what creates these movements and this energy it's mm-hmm. not just the tempo it's not just the fact that it's hype yeah. It's, there's, a, there's a certain rhythm, there's a certain soul, there's a certain driving force to it that forces your body to want to break out that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that was a lot of really interesting that stuff. That was a lot. Sorry. That no, was a lot of talking. Because like it, it kind of touches on a few things that like through these some of these talks that I've been having. Like uh, sort of that cyclical nature of creation and stuff it's like your your music or music is influencing the dancers but then like you the dance the way that the dancers are moving and stuff is like in some ways influencing the music that you're making and um you know people one thing that i always heard too is like that i thought was interesting that you you kind of touched on um Is like people always think of dances as like you know you're interpreting the music, interpreting the music. Like yeah, you're you're interpreting what's going on. The music is like you're representing that music. But then what you were saying too is like you're making music to kind of like represent this this time and this thing that's happening too, in some ways. Right. 
Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and and um, sometimes you, the other reason why it's good is because sometimes you create things and people are like, that's too much or that's not working for me. There's a lot of value also in learning what you don't want. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I noticed one of the, 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 the trends that's been happening in music is that it's been slowing down. Um, and I think what happened is it got so fast and it got so much energy that at some point people were like, this is too fast. This is too much energy. Maybe it's good, but maybe not all the time. We need more balance. Mm -hmm. And, but you, they didn't learn that until there was too much fast stuff and too much energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes that, that stuff has to happen too in order to turn things, you know, on its side. But the truth is, dude, I've been around for a long time. And one minute the music is fast, the next minute is slow, then it's fast, then it's slow, then it's fast. It changes. It literally changes like every five to maybe 10 years. Yeah. It flips. That's and and right now we're just going back. We're going back to pla a place that I've already seen twice. <laughs> but it's like the same, so, but different. Because it. it's a different. Meaning like... Meaning like, like at one point people are breaking the stuff that's slower, then they break the yeah, stuff yeah. that's faster, then they break the stuff that's slower, then they break stuff that's faster. One minute they're like, we're all about breaks. And the next minute they're like, we're all about hip hop. And the next minute they're like, we're all about this. It just, it goes back and forth. And it, no one answer is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's the, it's the fluidity of it. It's just, it's the way the scene flows. Sometimes we're, we're excited and we're hyped and we're busting out the scenes and other times we're a little more relaxed and calculated and we're trying to take our time. And right now is one of those times where we're trying to take our time. A few years ago, everyone was super hyped and excited and you could hear it in the music and you could see it in the breaking. Yeah. Um, but none of it's wrong. People want to point out or, or be quick to say like, well, this is bad or this is wrong or that's too much of this or too much of that. And none of it's wrong. None of it's wrong. It's all your opinion. You dance to whatever you want to dance to. And we're going to all kind of dance collectively to how we feel at that moment. And that may not be your time and it may not be your moment, but it's not going to last forever. And, and it's not wrong. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So you just go with the flow. You know, I've, I've made my share of really fast stuff. Some people hate how fast it is, but I challenge anyone. I challenge anyone to look at that arrow when I made it and be like, tell me everybody wasn't, fucking breaking fast during this time i'll show you fucking videos of people destroying shit hella yeah. fast because that was the vibe and uh, but that's not who those dancers have to be forever and it's not who i have to be forever at making music either yeah yeah that's a really natural human real human way of looking at it humans like we're not set in stone we're always changing always growing always well how long is well, how long is your life supposed to be six months or for years decades you know what i mean it's like yeah. if everything is so absolute within the moment how the hell are you gonna like how long are you gonna how long are you gonna live what are you gonna do next and yeah yeah and what happens when everything changes you know like for instance right like in 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 music in general when 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 everyone's in the industry is doing cocaine music's fast when everyone <laughs> in the industry is smoking weed music is slow that's just we're, 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 we're a big collection of human beings and we all kind of like sway each other and, and, and move each other in certain ways and we inspire each other in certain ways and, and the truth is is 
you don't have to look at it like that. You can look at it like, yeah, I, I made a bunch of fast beats, kind of fast beats for like three years. And at the end of three years, people are like, I don't want to hear that anymore. And I'm like, cool, I don't, I don't want to make them anymore. I'm, I'm tired of making fast beats. Not that I'll, I'll always be tired of them, but yeah, I want to break. I want to do something else. Let me make something different. And yeah. so I like going with the flow. I, I don't ever, I always think that if you live by a trend, you, you die with the trend. So I don't ever like subscribe to any one trend, but I will dip my toes in the pool because I, I, I want to try it out too. I, mm -hmm. I want to see what that's like too. You know, like I never made shit that was like faster than 125 BPMs my whole life. Uh, and then I did for like a few years and now I'm not anymore. And, but it was fun doing it and I might do it again. Yeah. But I, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Like it, take it. If you don't, leave it. It's no? good mentality. <clears throat> well, there's yeah. so much music out there. Why complain about what you don't like? Just round up what you like. Yeah. You could spend all your time listening to stuff you like, or you could spend all your time complaining about what you don't like. Yeah, it's or, your choice how you want to live. Or like you said, like if the scene is a certain way and you don't like it, take take steps, take matters into your hands. Take a break. And make it happen. Make it the way you want it to be, or make your own scene, or something like that, or whatever. Or, or just, or just take a break. Or just take a break. After, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when we were doing "Don't Talk to Cops," I took a break from the b-boy scene for like five years. Mm. Like pe a lot of people don't even realize I wasn't even in the scene. Like I wasn't, and that's and people didn't need to notice that I wasn't in the scene, because at that moment it wasn't my time to be in the scene. So nobody needs to think about me. They just need to think about what they're doing. But I needed a break. I needed to do other stuff. I wanted to, to grow as a musician and a producer. So I wanted to focus on bands for a while. Mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on being a producer and learning how to record and learning how to mix and stuff because I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't happy, but I hit a wall where I was like, There's, I want to do more. Mm -hmm. And so I got to learn more right now. So I just took a break. I didn't, I hit, a, I hit a place where I was like, I don't like the stuff I'm making right now. So let me make some different stuff, learn some new perspectives. And then when I come back to it, maybe I'll make something different because I'll know new things. Like right now I'm, I, I, I don't, I play a lot of instruments, but I don't know how to really read or write music very well. And I don't really know how to play piano, but for the past year I've been learning how to play piano oh, just because nice. I want to. Yeah. Just because I want to. Um, and a lot of my new music has a lot of piano in it. And it's not the greatest, um, but I'm proud of it. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's opening up new worlds for me and I'm excited about it. So I'm going to keep doing it, you know, and then hopefully eventually I'll, I'll hit something that, that ends up being good. But uh, I don't disrespect uh, instruments or music that way. I, I know that everything takes a long time. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just do it. Yeah. I, I've, I've done that every point in my career. I focus on a different, a different instrument or something else. I focus on drums one year. I, I focus <laughs> just on like uh, percussion, like, like metal percussion. You know what I mean? I'll focus yeah. just on bass, focus just on bass lines. I focus, yeah. I just do that. I just do that. You always got to learn. Yeah, and yeah. It's, what makes, it, it's what makes music exciting mm -hmm. because then you have this whole thing that you have to figure out and that's a journey in itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that road to mastery, right? That never ends. I mean, what what happens if you learn it all? Then you go, well, I know it all. Now what? Go to yeah. sleep and die. 
You know what I mean? It's over. Exactly. It's over. Life's over. There's nothing else to see. You've seen it all. You've reached the end of the internet. There's every website you've ever seen. Every yeah, yeah. It's just unimaginable. Like, there's always something to learn. You're not a pilot. You're not a pilot, and I know every pilot in the world. What is that reference? Uh, family Guy. <laughs> okay. What are you doing in here? You're not a pilot, and I know every pilot in the world. Yeah. That's one thing I always like stuff, too, is you just put all these, like, yeah, these things that you like that you're interested in, and you, like, throw it in there, too. Like. The funny, the funny, it is. You know, go ahead. No, 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 yeah. That's it. No, the funny thing is, is that they're not just, it is, okay, it's stuff that makes me laugh. Sometimes it is purely just stuff that makes me laugh, and it almost makes me laugh more knowing that a lot of people don't get why it's funny to me <laughs> and that makes it funnier to me um but a lot of times the truth is is that even if they're funny or they're ridiculous in in a veiled way they're things that i think people need to hear at the moment and uh i've never been like wanted to be like preachy or like, tell you what to do or say this is right this is wrong because none of, we're all right and we're all wrong like nobody's king of nothing you know what i mean but there's just certain things where like you, you, you feel like a lot is going on and you're like, can I just give you this perspective? And the reason why I really like them to be funny is because um, it's an easier pill to swallow. You know what I mean? It, it's not abrasive. You won't, you're not going to like bat it down and go like, oh, this fucker trying to like just shove shit down my throat. Like, no, you, you might laugh at it and then go like, but wait, but but why is that? Why is that in there? You know what I mean? Why is that funny? Yeah. And it's like pointing out arrogance, or pointing out ego, or pointing out uh, just how we're representing ourselves sometimes, how we're talking to each other sometimes, how we're talking to ourselves sometimes, how we're treating ourselves. Um, and so that's why sometimes it can be really funny, and sometimes it can be really, really, really fucking long and and deep. Yeah. But. I want you, I want you to absorb the message because I think the whole reason why we dance in the first place is because not just to express ourselves that's the easy thing to say but I think dancers are probably in a lot of ways especially the really good ones like the most traumatized people we've we've just felt things really deeply and we're moved so much with our energy and our issue that it compels us to move our body and dance. And if you're break dancing, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of movement. That's a lot of issues. I'm definitely have my fair share of issues. I definitely have my, my baggage, my trauma. I've, and I've dealt with it a lot through breaking through music. And uh, I think that if, of course we're gonna get the anger out and of course we're gonna get the energy out. But where's the point where you reflect? And that's what I try to add because the, 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 the music, the beats, that shit is gonna make you get the anger out and get the frustration out. The words are to give you reflection because now that you've gotten all that energy out, take a deep breath, what just happened? What did you just deal with? What did you just get off your chest? Uh, because it's not just so much to get it off your chest. You gotta face it too and have some sort of conversation with yourself about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a hard thing to do. 
And it's sometimes it's hard to even figure out what questions to ask and what things to say. So I try to find those things for people. And if, if, if you get it, then that was the thing you needed to hear at that moment. And I've had a lot of conversations with people. Some people are just kind of like, oh, that's funny or oh, I don't get it. But I've had a lot of deep conversations with people who said like, that's exactly how I felt and I couldn't figure it out. And that helped me, you know, ask the right questions, think of the right things. And that overall is the thing that I'm most proud of being able to accomplish because it's the hardest thing for me to do. So to help anybody else do it is monumentally huge. Hmm. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when people say expression, people think a lot about like emotion and stuff like that. But really it's just like people have something that they want to say whether it's verbally or or through music or whatever but they just want to communicate something and you know yeah we all want to be heard yeah we all we all want to be heard and like you know and then like speaking on that last thing that you just said like you know if you can if you can make someone just like feel something with your art then you're, you're probably doing something right whatever that is like well are they feeling something i, I argue that I argue that you're not making them feel something. They're already feeling it. You're just mm-hmm. pointing into the direction of where that feeling is so they can, so they can find it. Right, right. Um, right. Because I'm, I'm not making anyone feel anything. They're already feeling what they feel. Yeah. I'm just helping them find the feeling so they can either confront it, deal with it, or embrace it. Um, and I just do that by, the truth is I do that by doing it to myself because all these things that I'm saying on the mixtape, I'm saying to myself first Mm. and, and it helps me. And then I share it with other people to see if it'll help them too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was like, you had a, this one song that you made kind of based off of like red hot chili peppers kind of sound. Sliding. sliding Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That one. Yeah. 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 This like really long. Hold on, hold on real quick. Shout out to Moy uh, from Break Free because every time I see him, he always requests that song and he always goes off and I love him for that. Shout yeah. out to Moy. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorites that you've made. Like, and a lot of people that I talk to, like, that's the one. Um, but yeah, that was a, that's a, that's good. Yeah, one. that one had a, that one had like the, that like a, like a three minute outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, on that, where there's like the, the, the conversation. Um, yeah. that was that the conversation that, that the, the, the woman's having with the guy is basically, she's kind of telling him, um, who she thinks he is and who he'll ever amount to be and what that means to her. And, um, during that time I was going through literally that exact situation and every word in that, in that part of that, every word that was sampled in there it felt it was something I heard said to me Mm. and, and it hurt and it hurt me to go through that. And then it hurt me to hear it so clearly and, and have it be so precise, but it's also the thing that gave me clarity to understand. Yeah. Maybe I'm not in the best situation. Maybe it's time to move on because you could take, you could take it two ways. You could take it, either like, yeah, what she's saying is what it is, or you could take it like, I'm not going to let somebody 
put me in that in that box and and paint that picture of me and and accept that that's what it's going to be because you're in control of your own life you Mm -hmm. can either submit to something that you that that makes you unhappy or you can seek happiness and so that's those that's what those kind of things mean but everything that i ever put on a mixtape or or music that i've ever made it's something i've gone through it's very personal i don't really share that it's personal but it's all very personal and some of it's even painful some of it i actually can't even listen to because Mm -hmm. it makes me cry it's like too painful i can't listen to some of it there's certain songs and stuff that i've made that i've never listened to again because it makes me so sad that I, i can't but other people still listen to it and so hopefully it helps them yeah or at least help some break you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not everything needs to be this deep art project or whatever <laughs> stir the deep recesses of the human soul or whatever <laughs> no some, sometimes it's just it's just sugar and candy sometimes it's just for fun you know what i mean different things mean different things to people right and they, they affect people differently yeah, yeah like like I made a song called 1000 degrees and that song is 100% pure fun. There's nothing personal about that song at all. It's just, let's just go out and fuck some shit up. That's all it is. But maybe and for some people, I do that touch them in a different way, right? Yeah. And you don't know that. And yeah. that's, that's why I said, it's not, it's not feeling I give them. It's the feeling they have. Yeah. yeah. And just help them find yeah. it. It's like bringing it to their attention, right? Yeah. There you go. That's even better than what I said. That's why you're, that's why you're the Dean. No. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's a good spot to finish. Uh, All right. Yeah. We had some good stuff that we touched on and yeah, it was good chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to do this. And um, yeah, I, ho- I hope that wasn't too lame. No, it was great. Yeah, I think people get a lot out of it, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm very much like private introvert to myself. I spend all my time with my music and my family, but if you get me going, I will talk. For That's, what I like. That's what I like about you. Every time that I've met you, you've always got something interesting to say and something like useful that I take from it from the experience. So I don't. I don't know if it, uh, thank you, but I don't know if it's that. I, I think I just, I just talk everything out. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that, I, I don't think I ever know, really know anything. I just talk it out because how, how do we figure shit out? How do we learn yeah. about stuff unless we just talk it out? You just got to like talk through it. And yeah. maybe at the end of the conversation, I'll look back and be like, eh, maybe that was wrong. Maybe that was dumb. Maybe that was whatever. But I'm willing to just talk just to figure stuff out. Yeah. But that's what I mean is like you, you saying i'll talk about anything yeah exactly and like yeah that gets other people thinking like hey you know either hey that's a good idea or i agree with that or i don't agree with that and it makes you it makes the other person think start thinking more and that's like why good conversations are really important good yeah having these things it benefits yeah it benefits you too because it makes you think about stuff and, and get other perspectives and sometimes just hearing words come out of your mouth and then seeing them float over to the other person also gives you perspective on what you just said you yeah, might yeah. try to catch yeah, and go wait a second that that no that's that, let's bring As that you're back talking that's about it, you're just realizing like, this is that's like, that's not good <laughs> that's not good <laughs> yeah but i mean how else will we know like instead we live a life of assumption yeah and some some people think that i'm like very blunt 
and I am, but I'm, I'm not an asshole. I'm just like, let's just get to the point because how else are we going to really know what each other wants? Um, I've always operated on a thing with people where I'm like, we can work through anything. There's just two things you have to answer. What do you want and what do you need? And then you tell me what you want and what you need. I tell you what I want and what I need. And where we meet in the middle is, 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 is that's, that's where we meet. That's, yeah. that's where we converge. We can't figure that out unless we get those things out of the way and talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, definitely true. Cool. See, there well, I go again. <laughs> it's all good. All good. Um, yeah. Thanks again for doing this. And, you know, I hope that people watching, listening, they got something out of it. And, uh, you know, if you've, if you've listened to bless and great, but if you haven't like definitely give his stuff a listen, check it out. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, yeah. And don't listen to music at all. It's just anyway. (laughs) Listen to, yeah. So listen to guys who are better than me. Don't listen to me. That's the guy. Or at least check it. Just check it out. Check it out. See what you think. (laughs) You can make your own decision. (laughs) Definitely give me your own decision. Yeah. All right. Very Real true. quick. Very true. Shout out. Shout out to my lady. Uh, oh. Shout out to MX. Shout out to MX. She's a, uh, how do I do this? She's the stupid genius, not me. She is. She's, <laughs> the, she's the stupid genius. Shout out to my lady. Shout out to my, to my family. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Bless, for doing this. It was really good chatting. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Hopefully sooner than later. Hopefully this thing gets sorted when it gets sorted and people can meet up and stuff and and start connecting again. But even though we're doing this online, it's still a good way to connect and and stay. I I felt I was really close. I was really close to coming to Japan right before all this happened. I was in talks, so we'll see what happens afterwards. I'd love to get back out there, though. Yeah, Miss yeah. everybody. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, cool. We'll cut it there. Thanks, everybody. All right, dude. Thanks, bless. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace.